Nastiness is hard to deal with anywhere. But it's especially hard to deal with when it's under your roof. In the family. Now, there's a few aspects to the solution. Inner aspects and outer aspects. And the inner aspect, it's really important because when someone is nasty to me, especially if I feel like I've been really good to them, the very first instinct is either to be nasty back or to feel miserable inside. So some of us tend to be more inclined to the who the hell do you think you are reaction or the oh my god, what did I do to deserve that reaction? But either way, we've allowed ourselves to be flipped on and off, switched on and off by their words and actions. So the first element is to realize that they should not have any control over our internal state. We'll come to the external in a moment, but at least my internal state. Their words are just words. Their actions are just actions. Until and unless they take a syringe and inject me with hatred and misery and despair, I need to have a way not to let it in. And that's not easy by any means, but it is doable. It is doable through A, compassion, through understanding that someone who is nasty is nasty because inside of them there is a nastiness manufacturing plant. Right? It's not in their food. It's not that, you know, it's not the air they breathe. If they, are, if they are literally exuding nastiness, well, where is it coming from? It's coming from inside of them. Inside of them, they are generating nastiness, which means that it's impacting them even before it impacts you. If, I'm, if I've got the stomach flu or I've got food poisoning and I vomit on you, well, before I vomit on you, I'm feeling really sick inside me. That sickness begins inside of me. Something is brewing, then I feel sicker, then I feel sicker, then I feel sicker, then the vomit comes up and eventually it lands on you, unfortunately. But it, it is impacting me first. And that's important to realize because what we know is they are in trouble. Now, we may say they just are like that, or that's because of their ego, or their greed, or their arrogance, or whatever way we explain it. <coughs> what you know for sure is if they are exuding nastiness, they are generating nastiness. If they are exuding nastiness, they are manufacturing nastiness. And if they are manufacturing, the only place they're manufacturing it is inside themselves. 
And so we have compassion for the fact that they are also living with that which they are doing to the world. Whether they are consciously aware of it and admitting it to you or not is an entirely separate subject. But what we know is it's being manufactured in them in the same way that an air conditioner that gives cold air is first manufacturing it. A heater that gives hot air is first manufacturing it. On the outer level, your mother is no longer in that house. You do not need access to that house, to her room, to her pictures, to her possessions, to connect with her. Her spirit, her soul, her essence, her love is here. And it's inside of you. And what I would like to do, if you agree, is tomorrow morning before you go, we can speak about it after this, is to have another, another puja for her on the banks, not of the dirtiest river there, but of the sacred Mother Ganga, who doesn't need her physical ashes in order to be able to grant her. Don't worry, don't worry. She's not, she's not in those. She's not in those. Let us, let us organize a, a beautiful puja here tomorrow morning on the banks of Ganga, a sacred, beautiful puja. And if you have even a small picture of her, if there's one online, we'll, fantastic. We can get a printout done, we can get it framed, we can have it there in the puja for her, and we can have a, a beautiful, beautiful puja. Ganga, Ganga does not actually need her ashes to, to give her that moksha. So on the external level, in this particular case, as well as in all of the cases, to the extent that we are able, to extricate ourselves, to detach ourselves, to disconnect ourselves from the impact upon our lives of other people's nastiness. And that doesn't make it right. But it allows us to live in peace. We were speaking, I don't know if you were with us on New Year's Eve when we were speaking about forgiveness. And the, the important aspect of that is we are not the karmic police. The law of karma is perfect. It does not require us to keep reminding it who's do what. You know, we're not, we're not God's secretary having to make a list of who's do what, thankfully. We can, we can let go in our minds so we can be free. They are nasty. They are living in their nastiness, and I guarantee you they are suffering. Because if someone is that able to make distant relations suffer, 
Imagine what they're doing to the people under their own roof. If people are that able to cause others to suffer, that is their nature. And if that is their nature, that is what the energy is in their house. That is what the energy is inside of them. That fear, that greed, that separation that is causing them to treat you like this is what they are living with. That is their reality. And whether they are suffering consciously or unconsciously, I don't know. Depends on their level of awakening. Not everybody suffers consciously. But I can guarantee you they're suffering on the unconscious level. And that eventually, I mean, they're just going to keep having to come back and do this, this drama of being human over and over and over again until they get conscious. Pray for their children. And if they're not teaching their children something, at least you can. Not, I, don't mean, I don't mean directly. I don't mean directly. I don't mean barging into their house and taking over the rearing of their children. But energetically, through your way of dealing with them, what you are teaching their children is there is an alternative. Because I guarantee you in that house, there is no alternative. You are showing their children there is an alternative. And who knows? At some point in their life, it may come back. Energetically, it will. That which family members do <coughs> impact other family members on a level that we're not even aware. The, the ripple impact of that karma impacts families. So on the outer level, let's give your mother a beautiful puja. On the outer level, create a home for her in your heart. And don't worry about the home that they have taken over. Thinking about what they do causes our minds to be negative and filled with hatred and anger. But thinking about your mom, what you said was that your mom loved them anyway, that your mom was able to do it anyway, which means that your mom has left us an incredible teaching. She has left us an incredible example of how to love, how to live. And she actually had to live under the same roof with them. Oh, she didn't, okay. <laughs> but how to live in the same family with them, with love, with forgiveness, with compassion. And if you can take even one aspect of what your mother gave, let it heal that anger in your heart. They've already treated her badly. They've already treated you badly. They've treated her home badly. <coughs> At least take back your life. There's nothing that you can do now to change how they treated her. You're not going to change how they're treating that house. At least you can change the impact they're having on you. That's in your hands. Do not allow them to have 
that damaging impact on you. Every minute that you spend thinking about them, you've started an anger manufacturing plant within you. Literally. Right? You're burning up. So a very, very wise person once said that being angry is like drinking poison and expecting the other guy to die. <laughs> so so you're, you're sitting here furious as though somehow if you're just angry enough, the good Lord is going to hear it and, you know, do something. Well, the law of karma is... The law of karma is already doing something. Let that bolt of lightning be a bolt of light in you. Whatever's coming to them is going to come to them anyway. But pray for the bolt of light, not light. <coughs> pray for the bolt of light in your heart. The reason that the the Sanskrit word given to our entire existence here, the whole, the creation is Leela, right? Leela, God's divine drama, sometimes translated also as the divine play, never translated as the divine tragedy. <laughs> never translated as the, not, never the drama. It's a play. And, and this is important because it doesn't mean take it lightly. The Bhagavad Gita ensures that we take it sincerely. But it means, remember, it's a play. And so when the choice is laugh, scream, or cry, always, always choose laugh. And if after the laughter has lightened your heart, you can find a place in it of compassion for them. Not for them, not for them, but for you. They, they don't need your compassion. My worry is not them. My worry is you and your heart because the, the opening to compassion is actually the greatest gift you're going to give yourself. Chances are it's not going to impact them at all, so don't worry about it. But it's going to impact you in an incredible way. And not because they deserve it, but because you deserve it. You deserve to feel compassion. You deserve to feel love. And if these rascals... <coughs> after stealing everything from your mother, have now decided that generationally they get to work their way down and now steal from you? Well, but see, they're stealing your peace, right? Which is actually more valuable than any possession. But you're permitting them to steal your peace. You've allowed them into your heart to steal your peace. You are here on the banks of Ganga in Rishikesh. They are in a different city, but you have allowed them wide, full access to the key to your heart even sitting here in Rishikesh. 
to steal your peace. So here's what I want you to do. Can I give you a practice? I'd like you to begin a gratitude practice. If the anger bubbles up, let it bubble up. We're not going to fight your anger for now. But I want you to begin a practice of gratitude. Every morning and every night, I want you to start making lists of everything and everyone you are grateful for. At least 15 things every morning and 15 different things every evening. Now, obviously things are going to repeat. But don't take the easy way out. You don't get to just write, my husband, my husband, my husband, my husband, my husband, my husband. It's a, it's a practice, it's a practice. There's no harm in that, of course, right. But it's a practice of cre creative gratitude as well, okay? So maybe it's my husband's patience. Maybe it's my husband's unconditional love. Maybe it's my husband's willingness to listen to me grumble about these people 24 hours a day without telling me to shut up. Maybe it's my husband's. I mean, so it, it can be my husband, but at least let it be creatively different aspects of him, okay? 15 different things every morning, 15 different things every evening. And, and every time, every time, we have one second. Every time, the, every time the anger comes up, every time it comes up, I want you to think of something you're grateful for. Because we're not looking to shut down your heart. So it's, the answer is not to close it. But the answer is to change which guests you're inviting in. And so at the moment, you've sort of opened it up to those who are wreaking havoc while paying much less attention to those who you know are giving lots of love. You know they're there, but your awareness is rooted in those who are stealing your peace. And so I want you, every moment that the anger comes up, to think about something you are deeply grateful for. And just don't try to beat the anger away, but simply allow your heart to fill with love and gratitude for something else. Because I don't want you to turn over the preciousness of your heart to these robbers. There's a lot that they've robbed that we don't have control over. But that which we do have control over is actually the most precious. And every minute that you think about them, every minute that you allow that anger manufacturing plant to spew its hot dirt into the sanctity of your body temple is a moment that you've, you've opened yourself up to abuse. And so we need, to, we need to change that. And so the practice of gratitude and compassion is for you because you deserve it. 